Hi guys, it's Taya Hartfield from lifeasateenmom.ca and this is my podcast. Um, I hope you guys enjoy and let's jump into it. Hey everyone, it's Taya here. Um, So today's topic is going to be about borderline personality disorder and how it's diagnosed some of the traits and some of my... um, I guess, encounters with the traits for myself since I do have BPD. Um, just letting you know, um, I might be taking sips of my drink throughout this. Um, I don't know how long this is going to take to talk about it, so I thought I should make sure I had a refreshment with me. So, let's just jump right into it. Uh, borderline personality disorder. Some of this stuff, um, some of the definitions I'm going to be getting from online and the characteristic or like characteristics but all of these stories are going to be of my own or people I know and I will not be saying names other than a friend of mine or myself. Here we go. Borderline personality disorder is a mental illness characterized by long-term patterns of unstable relationships, a distorted sense of self, a strong emotional reactions. There's often self-harm and other dangerous behaviors. People may also struggle with feeling of emptiness and fear of abandonment and detachment from reality. Those last three are very true for myself. Um, fear of abandonment is one of the hugest ones for me. It's, uh, it, it was a big one that led me into landing into the mental ward in January 2019. Um, and I'll get back into that in a little bit. I'm gonna go through each, um, of the signs and symptoms. Um, when you go to see a psychiatrist, if you have five of these there's usually nine, but they're showing ten here. Um, criteria. Then you have borderline personality disorder. Women are three times more diagnosed than men are with borderline personality disorder. It's more of one that uh, women show more of the signs than men do. Um, so most of the time you're going to see females with this disorder. It's very low numbers of men that actually have borderline personality disorder. So BPD is characterized by the following signs and symptoms. Um, markedly disturbed sense of identity. So that one is, I want to explain it with that they don't know the, the peop, they don't really know who they are. So for myself, um, my disturbed sense of identity, I was always in high school. I was always camouflaging to the group I was with. So if I was with the popular group, I'd act like the popular group. If I was with the so said stoner group, I would act like them. Uh, the ge- if I was wanting to hang out the nerds and the geeks and the drama geeks and all that, which is more where I should have been anyways, I would camouflage to them. And so no matter what 
group I was with. I acted like those people. And so I never really knew who I was outside of school when I was on my own. When I just wanted to be just me. I didn't know who me was. I thought I was everything at once. So, you know, that one's, that one, I can see a lot of the things popping up in high school and my younger childhood when they were telling me about this as I was being diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. I'm like, okay, I see where you, you know, this has been popping up throughout my whole life. Um, so the next one is frantic efforts to avoid real or imagined abandonment and extreme reactions. So like I said, this one is a really big, big one, big red flag for me. Um, we'll go into a little bit of a story time. Uh, let's change the guy's name to, uh, why can't I think of a name? Why can't I think of a name? Uh, we're going to change this guy's name to Derek. So, I, this is like the big one I can think of right now, and this is the one that ended me up in the mental hospital. Um, Derek and I were dating for a couple of months, at least. Yeah, and so, uh, we were going out lots, um... I met his family, he met my family, his mom and his dad met my son, so things were pretty serious, I guess. We spent Christmas together, and just after Christmas, Derek went on a vacation to Hawaii, or yeah, Hawaii with his family. I'm going to also change where they went, and when he returned... I was in complete, just extreme behavior. I was getting mad at him because he was, I, I made up in my head that he was, that he had abandoned me when he went on his family vacation and that he was not coming back. He wasn't wanting to be with me, that when he came back, he was going to break up with me and that. And sadly, he did, actually. he When he came back, I had tried twice while he was on vacation via phone call, like uh, FaceTime. I had hinted at the fact that I was wanting to commit suicide. And that really... I shouldn't have done that. Now, looking back, it really hurt him. And it's also the reason why he came home and ended it with me is because he didn't want to be around that type of stuff. He didn't want to be around the mental health and the being the blame game. So when he came back, he broke up with me. And that night, I, while he he was here, I tried to um, take a bunch of medications to OD intentionally, but... He ended up taking them away from me, giving them to my mom, and telling my mom, and then he left. And I didn't see him after that, because I ended up in the psychiatric unit in my home home province. So, that is a really big one. The fear of abandonment for BPD, even 
if it's not real. We think it is. Somebody's not answering our text messages for a long time, or what we feel is a long time. We automatically are like, okay, they don't, they hate me, they're not wanting to talk to me, they're abandoning me. Like, it, it starts going through your head, and that's all you can think about. And it gets to a bad point that you start self-harming, which I'll get into some self-harm a little bit further down, because that is another one of the, um, symptoms. And so, it's... Fear of abandonment and imagined abandonment is really a huge one. I just finally was able to be okay with this. Um, And I realized that what I thought was everybody abandoning me was life filtering the bad people out of my life. I just found this out actually literally yesterday in counseling with my counselor. We sat there and drew on the whiteboard a circle with my name in the middle of it. And then I wrote down the people that have never left my side, have always been my support. So my mom, my dad, my grandma, my grandpa, my aunt, um, my really good friends Val and Aaron, they have been, those people have been my rock. Then, outside of this circle, the people that I feel like abandoned me, I put there. So, Derek was on there. Conrad's father was on there. Some high school friends were on there. Uh, Friends that I met when I was technically ran away from home living with Conrad's dad. You know, I felt like all those people abandoned me and... So we wrote it out on the board. There was, and we wrote out the characteristics of each of these people on the board. And underneath most of them were abusive, manipulative, immature, and that they were unsafe people. So it definitely made me realize that These people didn't abandon me. Life weeded them out because they weren't good in my life. They weren't following the values that I want for my life. And I literally, I sat there and just took it all in. It was emotional because it was kind of like mourning or grief, like grief about something that was a huge part of me for a very long time that I had felt like these people abandoned me when in all actuality life just brought them out of my life so then I could have the good people who are supportive in my life. Yes, I may only have seven or eight people, close people that I can say are always there no matter what. And then I have the people that are in and out of my life being, you know, they want to be my friend when I can benefit them or things just take me downhill. So that's, 
that one's a really big one, and that one did take up a lot of time. So our next one is splitting, which is black and white thinking. So there is no in-between with us. Something is either good or something is bad. Some, it, nothing, nothing is ever okay. It's either the world is ending or I'm living life day to day. There's no in-between. There's no, um, you're always in your highs and your lows. You're always constantly in high, high anxiety moments. You're always in fear. You're always just up and down with your emotions. The highest highs and your lowest lows are literally your life and I have I've had that for a long time I still have that right now we're getting into winter we are in November the beginning of November right now and I'm noticing that you know I'm starting to go downhill I'm getting my lowest lows again after a whole summer of my highest highs which they weren't really fully my highest highs but this last summer was the best summer I've had in a long time um, so that's splitting black and white thinking. Uh, another one is impulsive, reckless behaviors. So impulsive behaviors is another big red flag for borderline personality disorder. And it is for me since I have BPD. A lot of, actually most of these are me. I shouldn't just keep saying, oh, so this is me. So this is me. Pretty much all of this is me. Um, but the example, this the example for this one for myself, um, I'm just going to give you, list off some impulsive, reckless behaviors that they, uh, listed off and I'll add any of my other ones if I see any. So, um, examples are spending, unsafe sex, substance abuse, reckless driving, binge eating. I think I'd say that's pretty much covers it at all, um, because I spend money when I have it when I shouldn't be because I have a child and I'll be like, ooh, he needs this. Like, you know, I, I never had stuff like this when I was a kid, so he needs it. And it's a, that was a big one. And I'll go, I'll go out with friends. I'll be like, okay, I'm going for one drink. Three hours later, I can't remember a thing. And I'm puking my guts out. Impulsive behaviors because it's, it's, it, you can't, with people like me, borderlines, you can't just have one sometimes. You literally can't. It's all or nothing. And I've given up alcohol because of this. I will not touch it. I don't think ever again, honestly. Um, it's better for myself, it's better for my son, and for my life. And so, that is, yeah, I've had a lot of these impulsive behaviors. I don't want to go into all of them into deep detail, um, because some of them I'm not very proud of, and I'd rather not. Um, another point is intense or uncontrollable emotional reactions that often seem um, disproportionate to the event or situation. So, like I said, with our black and white thinking, it's either 
end of the world. Like, everything is literally end of the world. Oh, you crashed your car, or you got into a car accident, your car's totaled. It's the end of the world. Oh, you lost your job because of this. It's the end of the world. Everything is always the end of the world for people with borderline personality disorder. And it hurts a lot of people that are around us. It hurts ourselves because we just sink more and more into depression. It's, it's really difficult. Hi, sorry about that. I had to step away for a second. Uh, my son needed to be tucked back into bed. So we were just saying that um, intense or uncontrollable emotional reactions to be, you know, end of the world for every little thing that happens. It's, it's what it is. <laughs> it pretty much explains itself. Um, unstable and chaotic interpersonal relationships. So this one, it pretty much explains itself as well, but I'm gonna use some examples from my life into this. So, unstable, how do I want to start this one? Let's start. Uh, October 10th, 2015, um, first semester of my grad year. I started into a relationship with my son's father. And this was after something traumatic happened to me. So I was still in a bad spot. So I literally jumped into this relation toxic relationship that went on for a couple years pardon me um so we were together all through my grad year we moved out together um as soon as I graduated I graduated June 30th 2016 Canada Day we moved out on our own and without saying anything to my family like just jumped at it so there's another impulsive thing jumping straight into living on my own without saying anything no planning just jumping so I we lived together on our own in a very bad place in a very bad house for about six seven months um, before we found out that we were pregnant with Conrad and we were constantly fighting constantly it was a very bad situation it was abusive it was toxic um, we ended up moving back in with my parents for a little while until he had convinced me that it was not right to be living with my parents when I had a baby on the way. So we ended up moving back out a month before I had Conrad. And by time Conrad was a month old, I had decided enough was enough and I left. I came home. And I ever since I came home, my life has gotten so much better. Um, yes, it went downhill when I was with, codename again, Derek. 
and so Steph, you know, it it was an, another unstable relationship I jumped right into. Um, I kept jumping from job to job after I decided that I should go back to work, and then, you know, I started hating life at work, so I, you know, jumped, I'm like, oh, maybe I like this job better, and it didn't, after the same amount of time, I was hating life again, so it was, it was not good. Um, next one is self-damaging behavior. Um, this one is definitely, I guess, self-explanatory, so, um, we're gonna say things such as, you know, the drinking and, um, self, um, harm. There we go. Uh, self-harm, these ones are, you know, damaging behavior. Uh, another thing is distorted self-image, which also goes with the disturbed sense of identity. Um, we don't really know who we are. We've been so many different versions of us at the, by this point that we don't know who we are. And disassociation goes along with that as well. So it's, we've been so many versions of ourselves for so long that we don't know which one is the real us. And it takes, I'm not kidding. I'm sorry to say this to people that are listening that have BPD or just found out they have BPD. It takes a very long time to be okay with who you are and find yourself again. I was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder in 2006, 2000, early 2017. We are now ending 2019, and I am just starting to feel like myself and that I don't have to put on a face or camouflage to any group or person. I'm just feeling like I can be myself for the first time ever, my authentic self. Yes, I've written a blog and I've written, I've been so open with everybody about my whole life like I am on here. I'm laying my life out pretty much right on the table. If you go over to my blog, lifeasateenmom.ca, you will see even more vulnerability that I've just laid myself out on the table. This is me. This is what's happened. And this is who I'm becoming. And this is going to be, this is the real me. This has been the me that's been trying to get out since day one. So, don't, don't give up on your journey to becoming yourself again, ever. Don't, just do not. Don't give those people that tell you you can never do it the advantage knowing that, you know, they told you you couldn't be who you wanted to be because you felt that who they wanted you to be was not you. Don't ever give them the satisfaction that they were in their minds right. Don't give them that satisfaction. And last but not least, um, BPD is usually accompanied by a couple, um, few other 
mental illnesses. For myself, mine comes along with depression, anxiety, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, and a newer, kind of less known, less really mental illness um, called narcissistic abuse syndrome. Uh, I will go into more of what that is, but I will, if you want, I will write it down in the description below so you can go look it up. Um, it's, it makes a lot of sense for where I've come from. Uh, anyway, so, and they're adding to this frequently accompanied by list with anger, substance abuse, and rage, which is totally understandable. I know a few people that have BPD that substance abuse and anger and rage do accompany the, accompany the borderline personality disorder mix of, I'm going to, I'm going to call it your mix of salad. The mix of salad they give you is your diagnosis. Because it's a mixed salad, really. You get, for some people, you have maybe one or two. For others like me, you have quite a few. And they keep finding some for me still. But I've been working on it. And I have only had to stay in the psychiatric unit once. And knock on wood, I'm only going to have to ever have that one stay. I have been working on myself so hard for the past couple years. I've gone to counseling many times. I've gone to therapy group counseling. I have gone to psychiatrists. I've been to doctor's appointments. I've been on a few different types of medications to finally get the right setup for myself. And I literally, I'm starting this new step in my life where I'm going to become a peer support, work support worker for mental illness. And I'm kind of excited about it. It's, it's bringing out the real me. It's bringing out who I want to be. And this, you know, this last session, like I said, with my counseling, it, we had huge breakthroughs this time. And the next time around, I think it's going to be even more breakthroughs. And we're going to get down to dealing with my traumas and being able to be okay, finally be fully who I am. And be able to say, hey, you don't like me? That's your problem. I like who I am. I like who I'm becoming. Take me or leave me as I am. And honestly, if you don't like anything I've said in this podcast, don't come back then, I guess. Because I'm just going to keep saying some of the same things. I'm going to reiterate that you know, going to your counselor, going to your psychiatrist, reaching out for help is good for you. I am going to keep telling you my story. I'm going to keep telling you others' stories with their permission. So then you realize that this, this is just normal life. We're all everyday people. We're all around you. Your next door neighbor. Your boss. 
your co-worker, your sister, your brother, your mom, your dad, grandma, your grandpa, any of them, you may not know it, you may know it, could have mental illness. And honestly, they're fighting some demons that you couldn't imagine. Sorry about the heavy topic today and how heavy it got, but I needed to be real with you guys and talk about the literal life of BPD. It's it's hard. It's a lot of work, and you can get through it. So, to all my fellow BPD, you can do this no matter what stage you're at. You can do this. If you want, you can reach out to me through... Um, my blog, lifeisateenmom.ca, my Instagram, Mommy of Conrad, or my Facebook page, Taya Camille Hartfield. I have one for my blog. Um, reach out to me. I'll be there. I can support you. I can help you. I can be somebody to bounce ideas off of. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode, and we will talk next time. Bye.